Good morning, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Essex Unitarian Church, where this community of Kensington Unitarians meets each week. The fact that we sit in a kind of semicircle says something about this community. We're not unduly formal, um, and in our worship today, there are times when we invite you to be actively involved. Our water ceremony, which we're holding later, is a way of reconnecting with one another after the summer. And uh, there's also a space at the start of the service inviting people to light candles of joy and concern to tell us something of that which is important in your life right now. And together we are creating a time to turn inwards in the midst of life's busyness and complexity. So let's take a moment now to release anything of that outside world that we are ready to let go of. to centre and focus ourselves, to feel grounded in the here and now, open to the spirit, open to ourselves, and grateful for the sense of community that comes from being together here now, connected as we are by our shared humanity, each of us on our own path in that shared journey that is life. I welcome, welcome you all. And our chalice flame is lit and it's reminding us of the one light shining in all that exists. It reminds us that all life is here. Each stage of life, each experience of existence, all those emotions and feelings, whenever people are gathered together, we're reminded of our shared humanity, aren't we? Because we're walking a common path. So may this chalice flame burn brightly and may it remind us both of our progressive religious faith the world over and our shared humanity, for indeed all life is here. This is, um, this is a short story and I'm glad it's a short story because I don't actually like it very much. I, I fear I am still addicted to, to stories with happy endings. And I've never liked stories about the gods looking down on us and deciding whether to intervene or not. I find them very irritating, so apologies, but I think the message eventually fits in with this service. And, and at least we've got a couple of different gods for a change here, because this uh, story involves Shiva and Shakti, the divine couple in Hinduism. And they're up there in their heavenly home, looking down over the earth. And they're touched by the challenges we humans face and the ever-present suffering that we go through. And as, as they watch, Shakti notices a particular poor, older person, and for some reason her heart is unusually touched by the shabby sandals, the heavy burdens, and, and touched somehow by this person's innate goodness and, and sense of struggle. Shakti turns to her divine husband and begs him to give this man some gold. And Shiva looks at that person for a long while and says, my dearest wife, I cannot do it. What do you mean you can't do it? God of all the heavens, of course you can. Lord of the universe, get on with it. I cannot give this bag of gold to this person 
because they are not yet ready to receive it. Now, how irritating is that? We can all tell what's coming with this one, can't we? But no, Shakti insists and says, come on, please, have some sympathy for this poor human being. Drab, just drag now and drop a bag of gold in front of their path. And so it was. Imagine that poor person trudging along the dusty path. And then there's a great big bag there in front of them. Oh dear, thank goodness I had my eyes open, the person thought. I might have fallen over that and broken my sandals and they're in bad enough shape anyway. And then they very carefully walked around the bag of gold and went on with their difficult existence. Come on, isn't that an irritating story? <laughs> and all I can say is that the writer of this book um, does a useful thing at the end because there's a reminder to look out for gold in unexpected places at unexpected times. Maybe this story can nudge us if we need the nudging today to see a speck of gold in everyone and everything that appears on our path. Even the stumbling blocks may be learnings for our lives. So I do wonder if any of our current stumbling blocks are hiding a, a glint of gold. Uh, I think that means that our young people are probably going downstairs if they wish to. It'll be more interesting than up here. And we're readying ourselves for a time of prayer and reflection. Let's settle ourselves and let's give thanks for the blessings of our lives, for the richness of existence. And may we find support in the challenges we all face at some time or another. Let us ask that love may shine upon any of the troubled places within ourselves and within our world. We can be grateful for the gift of life with all that gift brings. Its joys and its demands. For the possibility of a venture and, and new horizons. We're grateful for the soul strength that helps us through life's difficulties when challenges can seem too much to bear. May we rediscover the adventurous spirit within ourselves that will push us on to try new ways and explore new worlds within ourselves and beyond. And may we be blessed with courage and a spirit of inquiry, curiosity even, to lighten our step and brighten our path throughout our days. And now let us talk, turn our thoughts to places in the world where life is brutal and harsh. Those places where people are living in fear and hatred. 
those places where there is not enough for everyone and the weak cannot always be protected. May care and compassion enfold all people who are suffering. And may the spirit of life and love bring peace and comfort where there is none. And may we be guided in how best to assist those who are in need. Always for the greater good of all. Amen. My first big journey across the sea was to come to England to go to university in 1974. The most profound memory I have of that great adventure was looking down from the aircraft window and seeing glorious green, green, green fields and gardens of England. And I recall vividly sinking my face into the open roses so large and so beautiful and breathing in such sweetness. I grew up with tall skyscrapers, concrete and glass all around me. So this was thrilling. And at uni, listening to my fellow students as they talked about politics was very strange. I grew up in a paternalistic British colonial administration. No votes, no choice. Not much choice even now in Hong Kong. But I'm filled with pride as well as great trepidation in relation to political awareness and activism amongst its young people today. My first visit to Finland was to attend an international playback theatre conference in the substantial home and grounds of our host, Paivi Kettonin, in the little village of Rautalampi. It was quite <clears throat> jaw-dropping to walk, in my case, creep, completely naked into the sauna, which was specially built for up to 30 people. Fortunately, it was very misty, and we were encouraged to beat each other <laughs> gently with whisks made of birch branches. Lovely scent and great for blood circulation. And then, of course, coming out steaming from every pore and jumping into the cold water of the lake. My first experience of compost loos was in Finland. In the open grassland, Paivi had built a little row of wooden compost loos. No building, no walls, just a row of loos to sit on, open to the world, for folks to have very convivial chats with each other, enjoying the scenery and fresh air. And then there was the compost loo in North Wales at Kaimabon, 
the home of storyteller Eric Madden and his community of artists and friends. A little more sheltered, but with another terrific vista of the countryside, as one sits on the throne, contemplating the fables of King Arthur and Merlin, of dragons and magic. What a joy it was to be part of a community, sharing the fruits of our imagination and our aspirations for a cleaner, greener world, honouring the old wisdom and stories of the land. And then, of course, there was my first big camping trip across the desert of Israel. I found a website called Walk for Love, and together, we were about 35 people of all ages from different parts of the world, of varied religious persuasions, alongside a motley group of Israelis. I met a 70-year-old woman from the Philippines who had only started this walking lark just a couple of years before. And had already traversed the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And here in the desert, we set a steady pace, no rush, and we would sing together. And an Israeli woman who held my hand when I needed her strength and calmly, gently stayed alongside me as we crossed narrow, treacherous pathways and crevasses, helping me face my terror of heights. So many strangers to begin with, who are open to meeting and sharing, all willing to help one another along the path of life in more ways than one. The quality of silence and clarity of light was extraordinary. And it was quite wonderful to learn how to do the necessary poos and wheeze behind large stones or trees, <laughs> or just in the wide open space under the full moon at night, without leaving anything behind that was not organic and biodegradable, of course. There are always new ways for us to grow in awareness and practice to live with tenderness and respect for our beloved Earth. Some Christmases ago, I visited Bali to do some teaching and stayed with Anetta, a woman of great heart and adventurous spirit who decided she would live the latter part of her life in a warm, beautiful place. And so she moved to Bali. I look forward to another visit later this year and spending time with Anetta. Again, sitting quietly in the darkness of dusk, her favorite time of day, listening to the sounds of wildlife and the gentle thump of ripe avocados and mangoes dropping to the ground of her garden. Last time, it was a strange new experience for me to sit 
and do nothing in the darkness of the evening. Now, I look forward to it and understand the treasure of it, just being present. If we are open, travel can offer unimagined new ways of seeing and living in this world, of being with one another and discovering what it means to be human. Thank you, um, and I'm going to be singing a piece which is about the inner journey and on staying put and moving on and what that means in the psyche and, and in relationships. Um, I'm going to be singing an aria from Mozart's Linozzi di Figaro. It's sung by the character of the Countess, and she's one of my favourite uh, Mozart heroines. I think she's, he gives her quite a sympathetic portrayal, and she... She goes through so many emotions, as we all do. Um, and in this particular aria, she, she's just formed a plan with her servant, Susanna, to trick her husband into revealing um, that he's been being a naughty boy, really. You know, he's been sleeping around and mistreating her. Um, and she says, um, the plan seems rather bold. My husband is so jealous. But what harm can it do to change my clothes with those of Susanna uh, under the cover of night? But really, she, she recognises that actually the plan that she's making is, is quite... She's been reduced to something quite low by her husband. Um, and actually, she's just not sure what to feel. Um, and in the aria that I'm about to sing, she just talks about how how heartbroken she is and how he used to love her um, and she now feels at this moment betrayed but for some reason there's still hope in her breast that something will change and that things will be sorted out and for anyone that's seen the opera um, spoiler alert <laughs> uh, at the end they both have been on this inner journey and both characters I think have managed to change um, and their relationship does continue
we're now going to enter a time of meditation. Um, we printed the words for this meditation. They're, they're from John O'Donoghue's work, and he's so poetic that I think on first hearing it's hard to, you know, quite grasp uh, what this blessing is. And my suggestion is, let, let's see if any of these lines actually mean something to us, particularly at this moment. So these are words from John O'Donoghue's Blessing for the Traveller. And we'll then hold a good few minutes in silence together and that will come to an end with a chime from our bell. Every time you leave home, another road... Sorry, right. Hello, Jane, it's me. I'm starting again. The third time. And so, some words for meditation from John O'Donoghue's work, Blessing for the Traveller. I wonder if any of these particular lines have a special meaning for you today. Every time you leave home, another road takes you into a world you were never in. New strangers on other paths await. New places that have never seen you will startle a little at your entry. Old places that you know well will pretend nothing changed since your last visit. When you travel, you find yourself alone in a different way, more attentive now to the self you bring along, your more subtle eye watching you abroad and how what meets you touches that part of the heart that lies low at home. When you travel, a new silence goes with you, and if you listen, you will hear what your heart would love to say. A journey can become a sacred thing. Make sure before you go to bless your going forth, to free your heart of ballast, so that the compass of your soul might direct you towards the territories of spirit where you will discover more of your hidden life and the urgencies that deserve to claim you. May you travel in an awakened way, gathered wisely into your inner ground, that you may not waste the invitations which wait along the way to transform you.
Uh, so in a few minutes, we'll, we'll invite you to join in our Gathering the Waters ceremony, where we pour a little water into a bowl and tell something of ourselves and what the water represents for us. It's a, a way of sharing our stories in life, our experiences, our points of view. And, and as I've been working on today's service, which is the first of our new monthly theme of moving on and staying put, I've really noticed yet again the, the value of telling one another our stories as a way, of, a way to make sense of our own lives, uh, as a way to connect with one another, um, as a, a way to share new perspectives and, and to look at our lives with a different lens or from another angle. It made us smile to hear Veronica's account of compost toilets the world over. And what marvellous symbolism that is for our relationships with ourselves and, and with one another and with the, the earth on which we're living our days. And, and a reminder, so often the great bard William Shakespeare has a pithy reminder for us in, in Coriolanus, the words are printed on the front of today's order of service, the reminder that there is a world elsewhere, that this is not the only reality, this little one around each of us. There are bigger realities, and the more we can converse with one another, and the more that we can take that inner journey into our own experiences, the more we are able to share with one another. So our water ceremony. Some people have been away this summer, and this, sun, this ceremony is a way of ca catching up with each other, reconnecting with this community once more. Plenty of people have spent the summer here in London and may have been doing a great deal of plant watering. Some people are, are making a new connection with Kensington Unitarians and want, may want to let us know a bit about themselves. And some of us are ever more aware of the importance of water for all beings and the problems that are being caused by too much or too little rainfall. You may have brought some water from places you've been to, um, but if not, do pour some water symbolically from the various jugs and let us know the message that this water has for you. travellers on life's journey, we who share the path, let us also share our travellers' tales, our unique experiences of life itself, speaking and listening with one another in the greatest of compassion, deepening our connections and our understanding of the many ways that there are to live our precious lives. Amen. Amen. Go well, blessed be.